Thanks a lot and good luck the rest of the season. Hey, look here. I know we're going off the air for a little bit, but I need 10, I need 10 to 15 seconds to say to you, good look. I've never in my life tried to really go at you in your suits and stuff. Tonight, I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home and you burn it. We don't want to see this. I know you don't double back with outfits. I've never seen you in an outfit twice, but you take this right here. I don't care if it's Versace, name brand. It costs Saeed. you. I, no, Saeed, I don't care. You take this and you burn it. It's not any part I can keep? No, nothing. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. This should be, <laughs> this should be burned. Okay? It's good to see you, like always. In, in the shoes, too. Just burn them, okay? They, just burn it. Don't ask no questions. Just burn the whole, the red socks, which the people can't see at home. Take all this, handkerchief, lime thong, all that. Burn it, okay? Fire cell. Burn it. What's going on out there, folks? Thank you guys for tuning in, logging on. It's the NBA League Pass podcast, only on the Wolf Report radio series. Uh, shout out to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I'm on iTunes now. Check out that iTunes podcast section. Type in Wolf Report radio series. Um, pop right up. Check out and download that Stitcher Radio app if you don't have an iPhone. Uh, for my Android users and check me out on Stitcher Radio. We're doing it big this time. It's all the way live. This is the NBA League Pass Podcast. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams, and this is the full core press of all things you need to know NBA. Now, it's a lot to talk about today's NBA League Pass Podcast. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's begin with some headlines. Okay, let's start off with some bad news first. Craig Sager, longtime NBA reporter for Turner Sports. That's NBA on TNT and uh, NBA TV. His cancer is no longer in remission. And doctors are saying he has three to six months to live. Now, if you don't know who Craig Sager is, he's known for his loud suits. He's pretty much going neck and neck with Walt Clyde Frazier for the NBA's most ridiculous and loudest outfits. As far as sideline reporters go, so that's what he's probably most known for, and probably he's most known for his awesome work he does with TNT and NBA TV. Now, the previous clip I, that you just heard was Kevin Garnett telling Craig Sager to burn one of his other suits that he wore during the All Star game in Phoenix. So, shout out to Craig Sager, man. He's put a lot of work in in this industry, and is somebody who I definitely respect. You know. Just keep Craig Sager in your prayers. I know I had to start the show off with some bad, bad news. Terrible news. But we're going to move right along with more headlines. Okay. Biggest story out of the NBA this week is this NBA North Carolina bill and how it's going to affect the All-Star game in Charlotte in 2017. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to this story, it's about a transgender slash LBGT law that basically states that men will have to use the men's restroom and women will have to use the women's restroom in North Carolina. This is the bill that they have signed into law from the state governor. Now, as far as legislation is concerned, you can argue that this is a common sense type of law that you don't really need to write it out as far as legislation goes. That's what the North Carolina governor is saying. This is a common sense law. Men should use the men's restroom. Women should use the women's restroom. But it leaves out that gray area of transgender. What a transgender is going to do. Now, this law basically states that a transgender who was born male has to use the male restroom. A transgender that was born female has to use the female restroom. 
Now, I'm not really sure what to really make of this law, um, but I do know that the NBA, as far as the NBA is concerned, they have to build a brand and a product that everybody can love. So if the NBA is having a game in Charlotte, which they obviously do with the Charlotte Hornets, you know, they have to build a product that is not discriminatory. Now, if a transgender buys a ticket to an NBA game, where do they go to the bathroom? And technically, if a transgender male has to use the male restroom, but he's dressed in female attire, does that make him uncomfortable now when he's using the restroom at an NBA game? This is the gray area that the NBA now has to deal with with this North Carolina law. Now, back in the day, this probably would have been a non-issue because nobody was really standing up for transgender laws like that. You know, I feel like now in 2016, the whole gay marriage thing is kind of blown over. The LBG community has gotten a lot more rights than they used to have. So now they're moving from just homosexual and lesbian rights to transitioning into transgender rights now. Of course, you got the whole... Bruce Jenner thing. I'm gonna call. Him, I'm gonna call him Bruce. Um, I'm gonna call him Bruce Jenner. But the whole Bruce Jenner thing was a whole big deal. ESPN blew it up. They gave him like the SB for courage. Whatever. You know what I mean. I'm not really sure what to make of this law, but I will state that the whole homosexual and lesbian lobbying aspect, as far as the amount of dollars and amount of influence that they have over today's society and culture, is it's reached a, a level where it's, it's getting dangerous. You know. We're talking about things that shouldn't really be a, a huge problem. Um, only hypo, in hypothetical situations, they will be a huge problem. But I don't feel like this law is very discriminatory or like going out of its way to discriminate against the LBGT community. I will say that. I just think that uh, this is just a great area, kind of. And, and they've taken offense to that. And they've gone on the offense as far as getting this bill out of the question and getting it removed from North Carolina state law. Now, as far as, far as the uh, whole homosexual and gay lesbian lobby as it pertains to their dealings in Washington, D.C., as far as lobbying down there with politicians and just reaching that different level of influence, you know, I wish I, we would see more lobbying cases for African-Americans. Why haven't African-Americans received equal rights, you know what I'm saying, as far as even the case in New York City, this has nothing to do with the case in North Carolina. The case in New York City is uh, this Asian cop fired on a uh, black guy in a project hallway, killed the guy, and I think the attorney DA recommended no jail time, even though a jury of his peers convicted him of manslaughter. Now, where's the lobby for African-American rights? We don't have one. And uh, I feel like the money aspect is huge with LBGT issues nowadays. It's always been huge. Just just the money and dollars that they can raise to to fight their causes is um, it's not alarming, but people should definitely take note of it and, and kind of realize that it's, it can, it's possibly getting out of hand. You know what I mean? When they're fighting over things like bathrooms and whether they feel comfortable going to the bathroom. Look, that's something that you really can't handle because biologically there's only male and female you know what i mean there's no such thing as being born transgender you know what i mean it's either you have an operation or you choose to be this way you know what i mean nobody's taking that right away from you with this law all this law is stating that 
if you're a transgender male they would like you to use the male restroom and if you're a transgender female or, or, or gay female they would like you to use the female restroom I don't really have an issue with that but then again I'm not gay or transgender now I'm not really sure how a transgender looks at this either because I guess I would have to interview one of that but it is what it is okay let's move on from that with another headline facing the Lakers Somebody is putting a sexual harassment claim on both Jordan Clarkson and Nick Young, saying that they made an obscene gesture to them at the stoplight. Now, this is a whole bogus, I'm not going to call it bogus just yet, I don't know all of the facts, but the reports came out that the woman who's filing this case uh, put the picture of Nick Young and Jordan Clarkson on her Instagram page, claiming that she didn't know who these guys were. That were doing this sort of thing to her, whatever it was that they were doing. Jordan Clarkson, Nick Young, and the Lakers have come out and said this was a whole big misunderstanding and a miscommunication. But either way, her name is Alex Jones, and she's coming out and she's saying uh, she's found a sexual harassment suit on, on the Lakers, Jordan Clarkson, and Nick Young. But she claimed on her Instagram post and in her Twitter that she didn't know who these guys were when she posted the picture of them. Now, Nick Young has responded that saying, basically calling her a liar, if you want to be point blank with it, because Nick Young knows this lady as a journalist from USC, and Alex Jones actually did a story that Nick Young posted to his Twitter account saying that, how could you not, how could you say that you don't know who I am, and as a journalist, when you were in college, I gave you access to the story, I could have said no, I'm, I don't, I'm not with it, I'm not going to help you with your story, Alex Jones, and it's just interesting how Alex Jones, as, as a female, has uh, played this out. I guess she's trying to get some type of notoriety, some type of civil money, some damages. Whatever, man. I'm, I'm not really buying the story. That's the last one I'm going to really speak out on it. Shouldn't be really giving this chick who wants to just throw these, these very serious claims out and try to, you know, get something from it. I'm not sure what she really wants from this situation, but it is what it is. More headlines, you got to talk about some injury reports real quick. Chandler Parsons out after surgery on his uh, right meniscus, you know, so that how that affects the playoff race is pretty important. I know the Mavs lost to the Warriors last night, and uh, Anthony Davis, he's expected to be out three to four months with his uh, surgery on his knee. It is what it is. That's the injury report for right now. Um, you got to talk about the Cavaliers, LeBron James. LeBron James, he does what he does, and he's always in the news. He'll always be a figure that's going to be in the news either way. But reports came out that possibly LeBron and D-Wade teaming up after LeBron was kind of fraternizing with D-Wade after the loss to uh, the Miami Heat. And LeBron, if you guys have seen the video by now, he covered his, his jersey speaking to D-Wade. And some of the cameras that were around during that time picked up some audio which claims that James may have suggested that LeBron and D-Wade are going to team up after this year is over if things don't work out with the Cavaliers, if they don't win an NBA championship this year. And then, to make matters worse, you know, LeBron came out this week saying that he would take a pay cut to possibly play at least one year or two with Chris Paul, D-Wade, Melo. And then, on top of that, you got LeBron. He, he's kind of trolling the media right now because the media... Never really knows what LeBron James is doing. Only LeBron James and his his sporting agency, Clutch Sports, knows what LeBron's next move is going to be. So he's kind of trolling the media. I know he followed the Cavs on Twitter, unfollowed the Cavs on Twitter, 
this week. So just a whole bunch of trolling going on from the LeBron James section. And, of course, Tyron Lue did speak with LeBron James. He came out to the media and did tell him that, that he did speak with LeBron about how he's not accepting of LeBron fraternizing with D-Wade after the game. And then Tyron Lue gets into it with LeBron possibly over the, the Cavs versus Nets matchup where LeBron had 30 entering the fourth quarter and only played the last five minutes of the game. Now, Teron Lue has come out and said that being healthy is more important than anything as far as the Cavs' playoff hopes are concerned. They're not really chasing any number one seed. And right now, they're still the number one seed in the East. I know the Raptors had a possibility of possibly catching the Cavaliers last week, but that was before they lost to the Celtics. I know they lost to the Rockets last night, so... Not sure what's going on with the Raptors right now. They got a lot of losses heading into the playoffs and not playing really their best basketball, even though they are the number two seed in the East. So just just something to note that the Raptors aren't playing really good ball right now. They had the opportunity to be the number one seed. The Cavs right now, they're not playing well either. But the Raptors, they're not doing enough to really justify that they really want the number one seed, in my opinion. They're not playing well enough. Okay, more headlines. Uh, Los Angeles is going to host the NBA All-Star Weekend in 2018, so that's more good news. Hopefully by 2018, I will be covering the NBA All-Star Game, so we got to make that happen. Make sure you guys are on iTunes, you guys rate my show, you guys like my show, and you guys get my show to that popular page. That way more, more, more and more people can check it out. When I say ratings, give me a five-star rating, guys. You know the show is the shiznit. Okay, back to headlines. Let's talk about Steph Curry, the end of his relationship with Nike. As you guys may know, Steph Curry originally was signed with Nike before switching over to Under Armour after the 2013 season. Now, basically, this report came out on sneakernews.com. I know all my sneakerheads out there follow Sneaker News and... It was just reports staying from Stephen Curry's dad and some of his camp about how Nike basically ruined the relationship. First things first, Curry, he wanted his uh, scripture on his sneaker, and Nike wasn't for that. Second thing, Curry wanted his own summer camp in the summer in North Carolina, possibly, and Nike didn't give him that because they gave that to Kyrie Irving. And then third of all, during the re-signing process... Nike kind of botched the, the the pitch. How did they botch the pitch? Well, I'll tell you. For one, one of the one of the guys doing the pitch, he said Steph Curry's name was Stephon Curry, almost like Stephon Marbury. That's not Steph Curry's name. His name is Stephen Curry with the E, not an O. And then second of all, they still had Kevin Durant's name on the PowerPoint presentation, which is the ultimate slap in the face. All you gotta do is remove the name from where it says Kevin Durant to Stephen Curry to make your pitch. They didn't even have the decency to do that for Stephen Curry. And this was obviously before he was who he is now, the MVP. Nobody really could have predicted even in 2013, Steph was going to be this nice. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you had Under Armour building that relationship. They're saying that Kent Bazemore was the guy uh, back then he used to play with the Warriors and was already signed to Under Armour that was kind of pitching Curry, saying to come to Under Armour, get your own shoe, this, that, and the third. And look what Under Armour is doing right now. They're selling out the Wazoo. They're one of the fastest growing companies in the, in the United States. 
So shout out to Under Armour. I know Under Armour connection with me is pretty obvious for that Maryland Terrapins connection. So I, I, I like Under Armour. And the Curry 2s are actually a good basketball sneaker. They actually look good on the basketball court. But they really need to focus and improve on their off-the-court lifestyle sneakers. Which I don't really think Under Armour has really done or even made an attempt to do. So Under Armour, if you're listening... Holla at me. I would love to design some I would love to design some lifestyle sneakers for you guys or possibly. You need that urban market, I could give it to you. I could design some sneakers. Holla at me. fans in this sprawling metropolis have frequently been portrayed as blasé and even laid back if you will but one team has turned this all around it is the pro basketball team that plays inside the forum here in Inglewood, california okay let's take them to the forum shout out to realgm.com and the realgm.com forum is where we actively discuss what you guys are talking about online first topic is going to be who finishes second this year in mvp voting now, if you go to this real GM forum right now, seems like the people believe Kawhi Leonard would be second in MVP voting this year, and that's based off his performance and the Spurs record, if you go by that category. I'm of the belief that Russell Westbrook should be second in MVP voting simply because what he does for his team, he rebounds, he defends, he assists, he's leading the league in uh, triple-doubles with 15 right now, he's probably having a better year than he had last year, which... Uh, the Thunder didn't even make the playoffs, but he had a terrific year either way. So I think Russell Westbrook probably would be a better candidate for me second place overall. You got to talk about Kawhi Leonard. His help is pretty much ridiculous at this point. I know you could talk about Steph's uh, help as well, but I think Steph has definitely solidified his case as the MVP back-to-back uh, -back this year. Kawhi Leonard is right there, but I don't really view him as an MVP most valuable player candidate. Um, he is very valuable for the Spurs, don't get me wrong, but so is Russell Westbrook, and I think that Russell Westbrook has had a better year statistically overall and just some of the performances that we've seen this year. I mean, Russell Westbrook, he had 20 assists in the game this year, and if you look at the, the, the poll that they have up here, Kawhi Leonard ran away with this poll with winning uh, by 64% uh, of the vote. Other uh, candidates are Russell Westbrook, who had 15% of the vote with uh he came in second place LeBron was third with 12% of the vote and then after that you got KD and Chris Paul so just an interesting topic from uh the forum of course and I trust me Kawhi Leonard is very valuable for the Spurs but you could argue that Russell Westbrook had a better year than Kawhi Leonard this year and I feel like Russell Westbrook talent wise is a better player than Kawhi Leonard as well okay next topic who's been more disappointing this season the Chicago Bulls or the Houston Rockets? Now, if you look at the playoff race, Chicago Bulls, after last night's loss to the Knicks, they lost to the Knicks twice, which is a bad look for Chicago. They usually don't lose to the Knicks. But either way, Chicago Bulls right now are on the outside looking in with the Detroit Pistons, I think, uh, now in the eighth seed in the, in the east. And the Rockets, they're holding on for their playoff lives as well. They won last night against the Raptors. So if you would have to say who's more disappointing, you could really go either way with this topic considering 
the Rockets, they went to Western Conference Finals this year, and I don't even think they're going to have home field advantage if they do make the playoffs. The Chicago Bulls, they went from being a perennial playoff team to missing the playoffs in the East, which is pretty embarrassing considering the East. Even though the East is better this year than, in, than the previous years, the Chicago Bulls not making it in the East after firing their coach, Tom Thibodeau, who, who took him to the basically Eastern Conference Finals, even Eastern Conference Semis, a bunch of years in a row. That's pretty disappointing if you're the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls right now, they just need to rebuild. They need a superstar. They need a Kevin Durant. They need a... They need somebody to go to the Chicago Bulls this, this offseason. And as far as the Rockets are concerned, they also fired their head coach in uh, Kevin McHale during the season. So, and uh, now their head coach is Bickerstaff. But the Rockets, if you look at their roster, you know, they have a bunch of talented guys, talented individuals. But with Bickerstaff as the head coach and them firing Kevin McHale, I think the Rockets have been a little bit more disappointing simply because they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, the Bulls, you know, everybody knew they were going to take a step back after firing Tom Thibodeau because he's such a great NBA head coach. But the Rockets, you know, they had so much promise with James Harden and everything. And James Harden quietly is putting together one of his best years, but it hasn't resulted in the same type of success in the West this year as the Rockets. I mean... Think about it, the Rockets won like 55 games last year. I think they're at like 38 right now, which is it's just terrible for both teams, really. If you want to talk about disappointing teams, you also got to discuss surprising teams. One surprising team has been the Portland Trailblazers and your boy Damian Lillard. Dropping dimes, dropping dimes. Yeah, man, Damian Lillard, man. I feel like Damian Lillard has a chance to lead the league in scoring at least one time in his career. I feel like he's the next offensive superstar in the NBA. He's very hard to guard. And Portland somehow is in the playoff race. I, I can't believe I've been sleeping on Portland this whole time with this NBA League Pass podcast. But Portland, I don't really feel like they're going to make it out of the first round. But losing guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicholas Batum, Wes Matthews, and even Robin Lopez, those are core four guys right there that I just named from a playoff roster you had last year. And you replaced them with younger players like uh, Miles Plumlee and Al Farouk Aminu's having a pretty awesome year. CJ McCollum has stepped it up. And Damian Lillard as option 1A. He's proven himself this year. He's, I know I discussed last podcast, who would you rather have, Brandon Roy in his prime or Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard right now, he's proven his worth. Shout out to the Blazers. Very surprising team this year. Talk about a surprising team in the East. Who would you go with? Probably the Charlotte Hornets with the backcourt of Jeremy Lin and Kimball Walker. It's just working out for them. You know what I mean? Nicholas Batum was a pretty good uh, pickup for them. And even Marvin Williams, he's, he's beginning to salvage his NBA career is concerned. I know he was picked before Chris Paul and Darren Williams and hasn't really been a great fit for him. Uh, with the Hawks and previous teams he's played with, but I don't know. He's proven his worth with the Charlotte Hornets this year, so that's good news. Okay, next topic. Andrew Wiggins. Is this guy going to be a star? Is he ever going to be an all-star? Does he have that mental capability, that killer instinct that you're looking for from Andrew Wiggins? And this comes off uh, last night's game, actually. this Actually, I'll put it like this. The, the topic on Real GM was already out uh, a week ago. But I bring this up today because last night the Timberwolves beat the Wizards in double overtime, which is a game that I watched. 
And the T-Wolves really depend on Wiggins to make plays for himself and for others in crunch time. And they give him the ball all the time in crunch time. This isn't the first time that he's made plays in the, in the clutch. But I remember this uh, specific play where he drove to the basket and kicked it for Gorgie Dang to tie it up and send it in the double overtime in the first place. So plays like that are what gives me hope that Andrew Wiggins will be an all-star one day. I know it, it wouldn't seem like that. I know the T-Wolves, they've been losing a lot of games even though they have a lot of talent. Um, like a Ricky Rubio or Carl Anthony Towns and... I just feel that, or even Zach Levine, I just feel that uh, it takes a little bit of time for guys to really gel and really become competitive on that level where they're competing every night and that they really win, they have enough like stamina to win games on an NBA platform. The NBA has the greatest players in the world. You can't expect a guy in his second year to be a world beater unless he's a LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and like lead his team to the playoffs. And Andrew Wiggins... I'm telling you, this guy has a lot of potential still. He hasn't even scratched the surface on what type of player he could be in the NBA. And if you had to do a redraft right now with Andrew Wiggins' draft, him and Jabari Parker, I think Andrew Wiggins has done a little bit more than Jabari thus far in his NBA career. So I just feel like it's going to take a little bit of time for the T-Wolves to reach that potential with Andrew Wiggins to lead them there and possibly Carl Anthony Towns to lead them there. But in the NBA, uh, I always tell the, uh, the young guys, you know, it's going to take them to be tired of losing before they really start stepping it up and start taking wins for an answer. You know what I mean? Okay, that's enough for the forum. We are out with the forum. That's enough forum talk. Handles, I'll be without control, without soul. With our man skills to take it to the whole. I be cross over talent. Shook so bad. ACL, stop Buckman. I be constantly in foul trouble. A point guard's favorite target for triple doubles. I be victimized, facialized, posterized. I be some lone spectator on the other side of the fence. Memory lapse. Wondering where my skills went. What would I be without handles? Game over. Okay, you know what time it is. Let's discuss some NBA teams. This is Destroy and Rebuild. I repeat, this is Destroy and Rebuild. Shout out to Nas. Destroy and Rebuild. Obvious track reference. This is where we take an NBA roster, tell you what's going wrong, and how they can rebuild that roster into a playoff caliber championship team. Now, let's start with the New Orleans Pelicans before we get up out of here. Now, the Pelicans, there are a lot of people that blame Dell Demps, the GM, saying that he rushed the process, trading for a guy like Tyreek Evans, trading for a guy like Drew Holiday, putting him around a young superstar in Anthony Davis. I tend to understand the move uh, because the Pelicans did make the playoffs last year in Anthony Davis's third year, which is important. You know what I mean? That's a good accomplishment in the West. Last year, the West was absolutely crazy competitive. And even though they got swept by the Warriors, I feel like it was a good experience to get Anthony Davis playoff experience, get his feet wet, and also Tyreek Evans, you know. And now they had a bunch of injuries this year and had a terrible rebound year. They fired their coach Monty Williams last season, replaced him with Alvin Gentry. Uh, Dell Dimps, I think one of his mistakes, he probably should have kept Monty Williams in place because he already knows his guys. Uh, good news for the Pelicans, you got Eric Gordon coming off his contract. Ryan Anderson is also a free agent. So there's a lot of free agency money coming into their hands this offseason. Let's see what they can actually do with it. Um, as far as Dell Demps is concerned, I wouldn't have rushed to re-sign Omer Asik to such a long deal. He's on like a five-year deal, 
four years of it guaranteed. And right now, as far as Omer Austin is concerned, he doesn't really fit with the future of the New Orleans Pelicans. So why resign him? I know uh, I just don't know what they were thinking with that Omer Austin signing. He's slow. I know he's a good rebounder and he clogs up the paint, but I just don't like his fit next to Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis for the Pelicans to be successful, he will eventually have to play some five. The Pelicans talk, got to talk about their pick this year. They have a first round pick this year, possibly lottery. Hopefully they win the lottery. Let's see what happens with that. If they won the number one pick, what would they do with it? You know, would they go after a guy like Ben Simmons? Would they go after a guy like Brandon Ingram? Would they trade the number one pick, try to get a superstar? You know, I think the Pelicans are concerned. You got to talk about guys like Kevin Durant or like Paul George or like somebody, another superstar that you could put up around Anthony Davis for this team to really be successful. And that, and that, I, don't, I know that's kind of cliche. You can say that about all NBA rosters, but... As far as the Pelicans are concerned, if they were to get the number one pick, I would look for them to trade that number one pick for possibly like a later pick in the draft and another prospect, or maybe just taking a guy like Brandon Ingram and trying to build around that guy in Anthony Davis. Now, if they can't get a superstar in free agency like KD or like LeBron, whatever, sign a guy like Harrison Barnes. That would be a good three guy for the Pelicans and keep your pick. Try to re-sign Ryan Anderson. I would try to do that. And somehow trade. I would trade Drew Holiday right now. And I would also trade Omer Asik. Possibly in a package deal. Both of them going to the same team. As far as a replacement for Omer Asik. I would go get a center that can do two things. Play above the rim for alley-oops. And two, hit his free throw. So that would be the ideal type of center that you want to put around Anthony Davis. Just another option for alley-oops in their offense. And that way, Anthony Davis, when he wants to at the fourth position, can step out and do his thing. But you also got the guys that when Tyreek Evans drives, that he could alley-oop to, to, to another guy, not just Anthony Davis all the time. And also, as far as Tyreek Evans is concerned, next year is going to be the last year of his deal. I would see how next year plays out and then try to re-sign him. I think Tyreek for the Pelicans is, is a utility guy. He can do a lot of things for the Pelicans. And I think we ran out of time. So that was Destroy and Rebuild. This is the NBA League Pass Podcast. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams. That was the full core press of all things you need to know. NBA in 30 minutes or less. Be on the lookout for my new blog, nbablog.tumblr.com. Be on the lookout for that iTunes show dropping today. Be on the lookout for Stitcher Radio. Follow my Twitter page, War Report Radio, straight through. Follow my Instagram page, War Report Radio, with underscores after war and report. Holla at me.